0: the definition of ownership at least for me is you do have choice you do have ability you do have um what you need to to get these to get bad habits out of your life to make good choices to 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 install good habits into your life just yesterday i was i was on a one on one coaching with one of our guys uh, coaching call and he he had this revelation it was really cool and and he was like, man, this is like the last thing that I've been holding on to in my life where God is telling me to surrender all. This is the last thing, his porn addiction. And and he's like, if you talked to me a week ago, I would have told you that I don't even have a choice.
1: This is the Own It Show, where we tell stories of how everyday people made ownership theirs. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Own It Show. My name is Justin Roth. Thanks, your host. Same guy, same name, hasn't changed. But the guest I have on today is really exciting. It's a guy that I was introduced to when I was six years old. So yes, that's 30 years ago, if you're doing the math and i can't wait to lean in because the development of this man the growth of this man the influence of this man and just the change in trajectory in his life has been just really cool to watch really cool to see as he's just been heavily anointed and uh really inspired a lot of people in a mass different way and so if you're new to this show if you're new to the own it show we tell stories of people who have made ownership theirs and really leaned into a new way of living. They've understood that in order to get where they want to go, do what they want to do, life has to look different. And I think so many of us are caught up in this. What does different mean? What does different mean to me? What does my life different look like? What would the possibilities be if I actually leaned into something different, even though maybe I'm a little fearful or I'm confused or I have doubt as to what that looks like today? And so if you look back at our 292 episodes yesterday. S-292, it's really cool to see. Uh, You'll notice that we've got stories of people. We've got one-on-ones and solo episodes with just myself that are leaning into some uh, great topics, but go and explore all the content that's there, because I think it's going to open up and unlock things in your mind, things in your heart, and things in your lifestyle that are going to allow you to realize life in a different way. If anything in this podcast or any of those episodes serve you, please write a review. Please leave a comment. Please share it with somebody you love because that's the only way that we're able to get the word out. The only way that we're able to reach people, touch people and empower people to live lives differently and take ownership to step into something new. And so without further ado, I could not be more excited to introduce Pastor Matt Klein coming live from Edmonton, Alberta, my hometown. And uh, it is just so great to have you on. Yeah, man. It's fun. It's it's cool. I think
0: back we were like 14, 15 years old. We're Roommates together. Remember that on the Alberta Cup team, the Edmonton Ducks. I think it was called. Yeah, and uh, and I remember back then you just influencing me in different things, and and then we you move away and you peace out of Canada, leave the cold, and reconnect over over uh, the virtual virtual way that we connect through COVID through Zoom, and and I just love reconnecting, seeing what you've done. I followed you obviously for a while, but but uh, you know it, it's also cool seeing. The gifts that god had in you when you were a teen come to fruition now it's just you could you could see that like who you were back then obviously you went through a journey but you were still about health you were still a leader you're still about impacting people so i love that you've
1: owned your story and and, and you're doing what you do thank you I, I i received that because i think it's so often that we almost expect a god to be like a genie and we're like hey we're living we're living life the right way we're doing the right things i'm i'm doing what i feel like i was told to do but yet i'm not realizing the fruit of that i'm not realizing the success in that i'm not finding fulfillment in that and we think that even after a week of that or two weeks of that or a month of that that we should have this revelation and yeah. that that there should be this massive transformation but rather If anybody's not read The Compound Effect, the book is absolutely incredible. It I've reread it probably 10 times now. Um, But they talk about how small and iterative changes create exponential results. And we don't have a god of addition. We have a god of multiplication. But it takes consistent and iterative changes to the way that we live, to our behaviors, to our actions, to our thoughts, to all of these things that go on. And I, I think that's the 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 like the true lesson that kind of comes at this that I'm a living testimony of, you're a living testimony of. and it 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 just creates such a massive impact in people's lives because I think it allows them to give themselves patience to wait and be in the mundane, the day-to-day, the grind of things that sometimes don't feel like you're having an impact or you're making change. But in actuality, you're planting seeds, you're watering seeds, you're watching the sun. And all of a sudden you look back and you've got a, a massive crop that's ready to be harvested.
0: Yeah, man. And and God uses every single thing, every hard thing that we go through. We're like, what's going on? This isn't what what God called me to or where I wanted to go in life. You're going through these hardships, or you get divorced, or you get abused, or different things happen. Not everything is what God wants for you, obviously, but He He's with us through every hardship. And too many of us, I think, feel sorry for ourselves when we go through things and fall into victim mentalities. And and we don't own our growth that can go through that can happen when we're going through those hard things. And it's true, man. Like <laughs> I always laugh. God says, I'll make straight the path before you. And I'm like, well, it's not really a straight path. There's so many twists and turns in in what God has for us, but he'll use every single thing. And and uh, yeah, the compound effect is real. I've read that book, too. I love it. And if we can just own our growth and own our, our I believe, our relationship with God no matter what we go through, he's going to do incredible things far greater than we could think or imagine.
1: I love own your growth because I'm going to tell a story. So back when, uh, Matthew and I were in high school, we would sneak into, so you have to realize like we're 15 years old and we're just on fire for hockey. Like that's, that's our thing. That's what we're focused on. That's what we're wanting to do. We're going to be in the NHL and we would sneak into confederation arena at lunchtime and we'd go in the back door uh they for some reason they didn't lock the door and we'd go right into the dressing rooms and there'd be no lights on in there except for the uh like emergency <laughs> lights and it'd be in one in one end we could we could play and matt was just drafted by the red deer rebels and i would i had been doing this for i don't know a couple months yeah. and Matt comes back from red deer and I'm like, Hey dude, at lunch, like, this is what we go do. We go and play, uh, or I just go. I literally just go and skate and I shoot pucks and I'm just in there and just having a blast. And he's like, Oh, I'll come. And he forgot his skates. (laughs) And we were, we, uh, we went in and we found a pair of these old skates, rusty. Um, They had to have been just dull as all dull can be. He had an extra set of gloves and a stick, and we went out and <laughs> i still remember him stepping onto the ice and he's skating around like he's never skated before because <laughs> he can't get any traction and the whole time he's saying i just got drafted by the render rebels <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and and we're and we're just laughing like hysterically like crying and looking back on that now i think about even us is like, we have this greatness and this call to greatness within us, but yet we're not equipped with the right piece of equipment to get us to where we need to go. And by figuring out what that equipment is, by sharpening our steel every single day and making sure that we have the traction, making sure that we can have the hard stops, the hard cuts, the tight turns to do what we're called to is really important. And so I, off of that story, Matt, I'd love you to kind of tell a little bit of your becoming and your leading into the the man that you were to ultimately the man that you came to, because you didn't just... Give up the hockey dream. And but how did that happen? Like what was that transition like? What did that look like? How did the experiences and the circumstances you were exposed to ultimately thrust you into something that you were truly meant and called to do?
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, well, some scouts would look at me as skating on confed with rusty skates. They would say that's not too far off how he was. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of the biggest things. These guys, not that quick, but I worked at it, man. By the time I played junior, I was. I was good. I I kept up. I wasn't, wasn't never the fastest guy, but I kept up. So, but that was the thing, right? Like that work ethic that was in me. I I remember in junior high, I was at this hockey school for you guys and not in Canada. You're like, man, you guys are all about hockey up here. It's true. We are. And so I was. Equivalent to that of like football in Texas. Exactly. Exactly. I was in grade six and went to a, went to a school where we did school in the morning, hockey in the afternoon. And did that for four years. Then I moved away at 14 to this boarding school for, for hockey. And and so I remember doing these group drills with, with trainers or coaches, whatever they'd say, like, for example, okay, hey, let's do 10 pushups, 10 burpees, whatever. And other guys and even coaches, sometimes I remember them stopping at like seven or eight pushups and going on to the next thing. I'm like, what are these guys doing? I literally genuinely was confused in my mind. Like, you're supposed to do 10. Why aren't you doing 10? And so i would do 10 and i sometimes be last or close to the end because i'm doing what i'm supposed to do but i look at that and i'm like there's a reason sure i had some gifts i had some talent too with hockey but there's a reason i made it to where i made it to with hockey because that work ethic was different than the average crowd but i will say once i got to junior the guys that i played with that ended up making the nhl that ended up playing pro they didn't just do 10 push push-ups when they were told to do 10, they did 12, they did 15 and they went above and beyond. And so I look at that because what was interesting is at that time I noticed it, but I didn't know who was going to make it. And so when I see who made it, I'm like, man, their work ethic was different than, than even people who did what they're supposed to do. And so I, I've tried to take that lesson and implement that into, into my life just with what I've done. Um, but it's not been without challenge, right? Like when, so I was 18, I, I was supposed to be one of the top guys on on my team. I ended up being traded to Chilliwack, which is by Vancouver in Canada. And so I was playing out there, supposed to be one of the top guys. But after nine games, I got hurt. So I got a concussion and I had headaches for six years and I, I was done. I didn't know at the time I was not going to play again, but but uh, but that was it. And so I grew up uh, a pastor's kid, grew up a Christian in the church, but had no idea what it was to have a relationship with God at all. People would talk about their relationship with Jesus. And I'd be like, what? I don't understand what you're talking about. And five days after I got hurt, our team chaplain gave this talk that, hey, you don't know what's going on in your life right now. You don't know what what God is doing in your life. But looking back years from now, you'll be able to see God's hand in your life. And I was like, okay, so I can take that to where I'm at right now with this injury. I've got headaches every day. And over the coming year, where I kind of started to realize that hockey was not going to be something that I could do anymore, That message really stood out to me. And so I started kind of more trusting God with my life and it, it, it elevated kind of the intimacy that I had with God, but for sure, the peace of just like, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but I trust that, that God is going to do something great. And so I got into just pursuing some businesses, starting small businesses when I was in my early twenties. But I always had this thought from the time I was about 20 years old that I want to start an organization to helping people out of pornography addiction, um, and I think I'll probably do it when I'm about fifty. I'll, I'll be an established business guy. I'll do it when I'm fifty. And over the course of time, I started. I started just learning God's voice and learning how to hear His voice. and And one day, I was um, just sitting in on my couch uh, by myself, just in quiet, and I heard God clear as day. It was. It was a. It was a supernatural event. I, I'd never experienced anything like that at that time. And, and he said, Hey, you know what? You want to start when you're 50. I want to, I want you to start that now. And I was like now, and, and I just heard the words yes now. And I said, that means changing everything in my life. Like I had business mentors, business dreams, vision walls. I had all the different things, meetings. What were I- your
1: businesses you were wanting to start? Yeah,
0: I I had. So I had started some labor companies. I was doing some networking, network marketing. I, I was into real estate. I wanted to be a big, like a real estate guy primarily. And then, and so I had bought my first place that was a rental and then, and then partnered with different people on some investments and stuff. So I was just kind of building my portfolio and diversifying where I
1: could. Did you find, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to like bring some context even back to like the audience and the listeners for this is, did you find, even though that was like, what was your desire and what you were trying to do and where you were going, did you find there was a lot of resistance in that, that you were having a lot of, there was difficulty with the houses or difficulty getting the deals or difficulty having, like you were really pushing and driving and grinding and having to be like heavy on the work ethic, gas pump, if you will, to like make things go. Yeah,
0: well, I'll give you an example because yes, that is true. There, there was a meeting that I remember being in, and there was a group of us that were being coached by this one business coach. And the business coach was saying, "You've got to have these implement these habits. You've got to like meet with so many people a month. You've got to you know, read books, whatever." And he was kind of saying it in in the sense of, "I know none of you were doing it," and so he wanted accountability. And he said, "For example, how many people are meeting with or, or doing this many meetings a month?" Um, for your business and I was the only one that raised my hand and I looked around and I'm like but why am I not growing more than these people like I, I was doing the work but I wasn't growing and eventually I started or I, ha- I had to realize when I heard the Lord call me into something different I had to realize that when you're trying to you're trying to build something in your life that maybe isn't what God has for you he'll still grow your character he'll still teach you things but Sometimes closed doors or opportunities that you're trying to force open that God isn't isn't wanting for you, those are actually really good things. And the the trouble is, we can have that um, create shame in our life where we're like, "Well, what's wrong with me? I guess I'm just not good enough." And it's like, no, you just need to you just need to look at God and say, "Hey, I trust you. What do you want for my life?" And if this isn't it, that's okay. And so that was. That was a a journey that I had to go through where I was pushing and grinding. But once I realized what God was doing and that he was leading me elsewhere, then I could give thanks for, for, I could say the lack of success that I had in certain endeavors because I wasn't, it was easier to leave
1: when God called me into something different. Does that make sense? So good. Because I I just, I'm literally writing down rejection is protection and saying like, Hey, the answer is No. Be grateful for that, have gratitude for that, because now I can be open, aware, and attentive to where is the yes? Where is the door opening? Where is the window opening? Where is the crack that I can just like stick my arm through? I tell this story all the time where pretty much for like 12 years of my life, from like 18, even 16, I would say, 16 through like 28, it was life was so hard and successful from the outside coaching and being influential in the NHL as a health and performance coach and having influence over the people that I wanted to, having the league on my chest. but it was like, man, it was so hard and I was so unhappy and I was so unfulfilled and it was just not I had to deal with it with my flesh and it wasn't something that was like truly aligned with where I wanted to go and it wasn't until, I was able to go through the doors, go through the windows, go through the cracks. And and I tell the story of even getting the download for Own It was like, I saw this vision of like this little hole in glass. And I was out kayaking and I looked into that hole and I just like said, yes, like what is there? And it was like the glass broke, it shattered. And it was just this massive download for where Own It was and what it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to do. And we have to explore the yes. We have to lean into that window. We have to go through. And so if it is, and, and, and I'm notice the difference here, listeners, as you're going through this. It's not when something is hard, oh, we're not supposed to do it. It's when it doesn't happen with ease. It's when repeated efforts, repeated iterations, repeated showing up at the door is not working. Like Matt talked about, you're doing the work, you're doing the things, but you're not growing at the space and at the space and the pace in which you should. It's a sign to say, hey, where should I be going? Should I be doing something else? Is there a different yes for me? So I, I love that I love that example, which I think then parlays into this new yes that you got to go into this next phase of life. And the other question I had on top of this was, was pornography in kind of this space, was that something you had struggled with in your life as well, or something that was just kind of completely out of the blue that yeah, no, was put yeah. on you?
0: Yeah, I was 11 years old and a buddy showed it to me and, and I was just hooked instantly. And 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 I always thought, I, I want to be done by the time I'm married, um, but that kind of put it off, I guess, put off that ownership to, to, to quit then as a teen. And so, but I never told anybody just the great secret of my life and, and um, never told anybody until I was 19. And I remember when I did, there was just like, I felt like a million pounds came off my shoulders the next day. It was just, it was, uh, it was great. But, but yeah, so porn was a struggle and, and I wanted to help people. Like I say, it was just like this little thought and I find, I've heard this from many people, even guys that we work with where they get free of their sexual addiction. And all of a sudden this dream from 20 years ago, they start building this business that they've always wanted to build and whatever. Like sometimes this is a little, this little thought that God gives you like even years before it comes to fruition. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. When I was, when this yes happened, like when I said yes to what God was leading me into, this is what I think is important. When, when you're, when you're, trying, 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 things aren't happening. It says in scripture that if you try to build things without the Lord, you're working in vain. You're building in vain. You're mm-hmm. trying, 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 but it's just this, this hard process. Like why is it not happening? But when you're in line with what God has for you, it, it doesn't even make sense how things come together. Yeah, Like it works way easier than you could even do on your own because you have God who's bigger and better working with you. And so I was, I get asked all the time, like, what are your credentials? And I'm like, well, in Acts 4 13, there's two dudes doing crazy things and people are looking at them and, and they they go, These are common uneducated men. <laughs> How are they doing this with the boldness and courage that they have? They must have spent time with Jesus. And that's all it was for me. I, the stuff that we teach, we have people coming, we have like counselors coming to our events and going, Oh my gosh, I've I've learned so much I need to bring into our practice and different ministries that are really good, but they're Led by counselors, people say, man, I just love that this is about intimacy with God, your identity that that God has given you. And that's what we teach in terms of the foundation of getting people, um, whether it's free out of addiction or healed from sexual trauma or back into their marriage when there's been infidelity and stuff like that. When you're intimate with God and you know who you are um, in terms of your God-given identity, it's pretty cool. And so what happened was I, I started... I started working right away, meeting with pastors, um, learning everything I had to learn about porn addiction and and I got some speaking gigs. I got I, I was leading small groups and stuff like this and and I wasn't really seeing fruit though, like in other people's lives, I wasn't really seeing a lot of change. and I was kind of beating myself up like, God, you've called me to this. Why am I not seeing things happen? and and I remember it was about a year and a half of of just speaking yes, leading groups but not seeing a lot of impact. And, and I was, uh, I was speaking at this men's breakfast where I was, it was kind of funny. I was a single guy, but I was a fill in speaker last minute, um, fill in speaker for buddy and, and, uh, and I, and it was on Valentine's day. So the men brought their wives and I'm speaking on the fruit that comes from intimacy and as a single guy to these couples, which, and they're all older <laughs> than me. It's kind of funny. I'm, I'm <laughs> speaking
1: so, from experience here, everyone. Right. Exactly.
0: And so it's, it's relationally with people, but also our intimacy with God will lead to fruit. And I remember as I was preaching, I just sensed the Lord said to me, do you see what I've done with you? I've brought you into an intimate relationship with me. Now that's now the the fruit will come in your life, but just chill on that. Keep seeking me. And so in that time I was, I was like, I was just, like I say, learning how to hear his voice, getting in the Bible, worshiping him. And what happened was I had tried quitting porn before but it never lasted because it was just me making good decisions when I would go without, or it was just me trying my hardest. But what happened when I started learning what God wants for me and and being intimate with him was when I would say, get tempted to go, go do whatever, watch pornography or do whatever um, I shouldn't be doing. I would start learning what it is to, to live in gratitude. Like you're talking about where scripture says to give thanks in every circumstance, or I learned what it was to pray or to to even like fight in the spirit, go to war in the spirit and just do the things that God wants me to do. And I could bring him into that experience, God's power and and love in my life in ways that I never did before. And so whether it was building the ministry or just my own personal battle of overcoming sexual brokenness, it was way different when I had God on my side rather than me going at it alone.
1: So good. It's I come back to Psalm 127 talks about unless the Lord unless the Lord builds the house its builders build in vain unless the Lord watches over the city the watchmen standing guard stand guard in vain something like that and yeah. in vain you rise early and you stay up late uh, toiling for food and toiling for drink and uh, and everything else but only for those who live in his uh in his word and in his actions ultimately are those that he grants sleep to. And so it comes back to this component that you're talking about is we can push so hard. And for everyone listening, I f- I hope you can relate to what Matt's talking about, where maybe you're going down a road where you're doing what you want to do. You're serving the audience you want to serve. You're uh, trying to build the business you want to build. But are you actually connected to what you're being called to do, what you've been built to do, what you're anointed for? And this was a big thing, and I'm, I'm going to ask you this question as well, but this was a big thing for me when I was kind of stepping through this was realizing that everyone is built for something, but everyone is built for something different. Yeah, And it's okay that I'm not the NHL player. It's okay that I'm not the doctor. It's okay that I'm not the um, world champion tennis player. Like, it's okay. But... What I've been built for is very different and very unique. I've been built to write books. I've been built to have podcasts. I've been built to lead people. I've been built to lead men. I've been built to lead marriages. I've been built to speak from stages. I've been built to redeem the health of the world in a multitude of different ways. But yet, that's not what everybody else is built for. And that's perfectly okay. And once you figure out what that is for you, just like you didn't go from A to Z, yeah. i didn't go from a to z i went from a to b and then from b to c and then sometimes back from c back to b and on that journey you've now all of a sudden looked back 10 12 15 years later and going oh my gosh i'm at z look where i came from and i think that's like this process of patience and trust and being willing to and just what you said here being willing To walk the path that isn't straight, even though when we look back, it looks very straight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be willing. Like we're, we fall into so believing so many things in our head or about ourselves from this, from these disappointments or from things that. You know, people perceive about us or we think that oh man, look at this person. what are they doing they're they're different. they should fit in and oh well, am I different? It's okay. It's good to be different. I remember yeah. saying that to you a few months ago, like, man, you're different. you're like, thank you. that's that's what I love. I love being different. and it's good to be different. And um, I remember like my my personal conviction from when I was a kid was to save sex for marriage and um <laughs> so I remember I was made fun of in in uh, in junior, uh, we were at this hotel, and uh, back then the brand of key cards was was a Ving card for your hotel room a lot. So V I N G card. And so we were at this team breakfast at the hotel, and one of my one of my teammates he he took my card and he scratched out with his key or he was like car key or whatever he scratched out I N G. So then just said V card, and and he gave it to me as if like hey Kleiner, you got your V card. None of us do. Man, he was trying to make fun of me. I was proud. I'm like, man, I'm going to put this in my wallet, give it, give it to my wife on our wedding night. And I lost the V-card. The, the <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of disappointed, but but I, I was proud. I remember I was, I was 24 years old and I was working out in the gym. This guy came to me and he's like, man, I just moved here from Texas. Like, what's the culture here? Can I... Can I, can I run with my shirt off? And I'm trying to like ho- hook up with these girls at work. Like, how do I do it? I haven't been laid in 24 months. That's what he's saying to me. And, and I go, bro, I haven't been laid in 24 years. <laughs> 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 and I just remember like this, was like internally laughing, <laughs> like you must think this is so weird. But I remember we stopped our workout for literally 30 minutes in the middle of the gym. And we just talked and he just asked questions like, why do I believe what I believe? And we ended up meeting like multiple times at coffee shops. He started coming to church a couple of times with me. I don't know where he went. We kind of lost touch. But but it's like when you're willing to be different and not have shame over the things that people say you should have shame over, man, there's so much power and freedom in that in your soul. It's good to be different. You're not made to be like anybody else. You're talking about rejection as protection. I love that phrase. I'm going to use that and steal it. I'll give you credit at least once. <laughs> but 1 Peter 2, 4, I love it. It talks about Jesus was rejected by mankind. And I often teach that when we're rejected, we just stop there. I got rejected. I got rejection issues. But when you read the rest of the verse, it says, but he was chosen and precious to God. Every time you're rejected, every time you feel like you're different, own who God made you to be. mm Precious in His sight, and you're chosen for a reason. He's given you something. He's given you gifts. He's given you a call. I think it's in Romans nine. It says that that some are made for for a common purpose, and some are made for a greater purpose. And that's okay. We're all made for what we're made for, and God can do incredible things no matter what our gifts are, and no matter what our weaknesses are.
1: Everything is intentional by Him. So good. It, it's I love that some are made for a common purpose. Some are made for a greater purpose. But at the end of the day, it's all a purpose. And Mm. it's when our ego gets in the way, when our pride gets in the way that, oh, no, I don't want to be made for what I'm made for. I want to be made for something different. I want to be made for something else. I want to be made for what that guy's been made for or that girl's been made for. And we ultimately end up stealing or robbing ourselves of the greatness and the purpose that we were ultimately designed for. You go try to open up a door with a vin card today that needs a key (laughs) you're not going to get into that door it needs to be something different and Uh, i think i really challenge you guys listeners out there go about your day and drive awareness back to the amount of times that you or somebody else around you says the word different it could be we need something different in our business I, You say talking to your son or daughter, I wish you would just come and talk to me differently. We're seeking something different. Different is a sacred word. Different, the, the core definition of different is to be set aside for something special. And that's what we were built to do. It, different to me is a holy word. It's, it's equivalent to that same metric. And you just said it. It's be willing to be different because it creates freedom. And it gives people the opportunity to see what's possible, to see what else is out there because the world skews that for us.
0: I love it. I love it. If you're if you're just trying to be like somebody else, at best you're only going to be second best. That's right. That is good. Boom. One liner. Average. Why do you want to be average? Why do you want to be normal? That's you want you got to be different. I remember I was on this ski lift up here in the Rockies Listeners, if you haven't been to the Rocky Mountains, you got to get up here in Canada. It's incredible. And, and I was on this ski lift a couple of years ago with this guy from, from England. He's like, man, I've skied the Alps. It's nothing like this, which is pretty cool. And it's different, right? The Rockies are different. Um, and so people are, are gravitating to it. I remember I was at the same ski trip. I was on the ski lift with this guy older, probably 60 years old or so. And and I was with my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a firefighter. And so my brother-in-law or the, or the guy, the older guy said to us, hey, what do you guys do? And, uh, and my brother-in-law said, I'm a firefighter. And then the guy said, and what about you? And I said, I help people with porn and sexual addictions. <laughs> Boom. Silence. Like, no, it didn't know what to say. <laughs> and he goes uh, after like five seconds of silence, he hits me. goes, ah, that was a good one. So what do you really do? <laughs> I like no, That's what I really do, man. He's like, I thought you were kidding. It was so funny. <laughs> he was so caught off guard. But when I started doing this, I was actually a little bit unsure of how to say that to people like what are they gonna think do, do they think that this is weird and once I started really realizing the impact and the value of being different mm-hmm. that so many people are hurting out there marriages being told Worn apart by pornography or by infidelity, people, people not being able or not feeling like they're able to make a difference because they're suffering from sexual abuse that they suffered 30 years ago and they've never told anybody and never healed from it. Mm. And then they're able to see what I'm able, what I'm doing and they can come and they can get help for the first time. I see the value of that. Yeah. And I'm like, praise God that I get to be different, that I yeah. get to do something I get to speak on Sunday mornings and get to speak at different places a message that people are sometimes afraid to talk about and people come embarrassed. It, so thankful. They're embarrassed to talk about it. Oh, I've been so embarrassed all week thinking I have to mention pornography in in my sermon, like, why are you embarrassed? <laughs> you should own that. You get to do that. What an mm. incredible honor that you get to bring truth into people's lives where they're suffering in silence because no one's willing to go first. And so it's really cool to be different. And even when people give you those funny reactions, who cares? It's awesome that you get to be different. You get to stand out.
1: I I love it. It's either somebody, I had an earlier guest on and they said, you either get to stand in or you get to stand out. And the big thing that I think we're called to do is stand out or stand out to be different, stand out to be called to something different. And so you've just been such an epitome of that in your life um, of being able to take ownership of who you were, who you were made to be, what you were made to be. So I want to honor you for that of just being willing to be different. Um, If listeners, if you're not watching on YouTube, be sure to go watch this on YouTube, just watching Matt's demeanor and his mannerisms and his energy. It's just, it's infectious. He's just such a good man and such a great person to be around. And to be honest, if it's something that you're struggling with, I I wouldn't send you to anybody else other than this guy to uh, lean in and be able to break chains and um, uh, create freedom for the generations coming up because he is so different. He's so good. He's so unique. And he's been built for this to connect with people. So Matt, as you kind of go forward here, we always ask our audience um, and our listeners, for their feedback, and I always ask our guests, "What is your definition of ownership?"
0: Yeah, well, thanks for your words, by the way. I appreciate that a lot. One thing that we have to deal with all the time, with pretty much a hundred percent of the guys that we deal with, is is getting rid of this victim mentality that that you don't have choice in your life and owning the definition of ownership. At least for me, is you do have choice, you do have ability, you do have um, what you need to to get these to get bad habits out of your life to make good choices to 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 install good habits into your life just yesterday i was i was on a one-on-one coaching with one of our guys uh, coaching colin and he he had this revelation it was really cool and and he was like man this is like the last thing that i've been holding on to in my life where god is telling me to surrender all this is the last thing his porn addiction and and he's like if you talked to me a week ago i would have told you that i don't even have a choice that it's out of my control and yesterday he had this revelation he's like if i'm if i if it's out of my control i don't have a choice but if i'm just unwilling then i have to take responsibility for it and so when we're trying to own things in our life or we're trying to we're trying to you know get to the next level of growth or fitness or health or um whatever it would be to realize that that it's simply a lot of times an unwillingness rather than an inability, then you can actually own things and you can move forward. And so that's a big thing that we have to deal with. And, and, you know, I think it's really important. One scripture I love is it says there's safety in having a multitude of counselors, because we don't know. None of us are as self-aware as we think (laughs) we don't know all of the things that, that, our inner life or, or the beliefs that we have. And we need counsel in our life. We need to be willing to open up to people. And once we can receive good feedback, if we can own that rather than just be defensive or have a wall up, um, against maybe constructive criticism, it's so important. And so take ownership, take responsibility. Don't, don't things, think that, that you can't do things that you actually can.
1: Bro. That's so good. I had literally this morning, uh, I was running on the track with, um, uh, one of the guys I'm mentoring and he's kind of alongside with me and we're running, running together here in Miami. And uh, he was talking about how there was this event in his life that happened and everything was going really well. And then the enemy showed up and the enemy had a, like just this enemy attack. I was like, bro, that wasn't the enemy. That was just a bad freaking decision. That's like great. that was just a bad decision, man. Like Like, let's call it what it is. And yeah. how many people, to your point, give away your power because, oh, the enemy made me do it. Uh, it was, uh, it, it, the the devil made me do it. Oh, dude. no, bro. I, it, it was been, a bad decision.
0: I, I, oh, dude, seriously. I've been preaching on that so much this year. Every, like so many of the churches I go to, not everyone, but a lot. Like we we give so much credit to the devil. I call it the Adam and Eve syndrome. Eve, when, when they sin, Eve's like, oh, it's the... Well, first Adam was like, no, it's the woman that God
1: (laughs) (laughs) gave me. The the lady that you put in my
0: life that (laughs) made me do that. (laughs) Exactly. So there's five beings. There's God, there's the devil, there are four. There's God, there's the devil, there's Adam and Eve. And so God or Adam blames God and the woman and the woman blames the devil. (laughs) Like they're all blaming someone else. And so we've taken that though, just like Eve did like, no, it's a serpent. The serpent deceived me. Even if it's the devil, even if it's the devil, God has given you power over the devil you choice. Yeah. He's given you authority. And so, yeah, let's not give power
1: the so world. good. There's so many nuggets in this, guys. If this is if you're listening to this while you're working out, while you're driving, um, it, I encourage you to take a look back at this again. This is one that I would star, this is one I would share with somebody because this is, I, I mean, here's my notes from this. I, I know you're looking at the screen, it just looks white. It's not white, <laughs> it's chock full. And so, as you guys go forward today, like, understand. That ownership is knowing you have a choice. Ownership is knowing that you, can, you should not be giving up your power, that you don't have to give up your power in the decisions that you make, but rather you can be different. You can stand up. You can stand out, not stand in, but rather be willing to be different to make room for freedom. Be willing to be different to show other people in your life what's possible. Because when you're like somebody else, when you fit in, when you're average, the best you can be is second place. The best you can be is a lookalike because somebody else has taken ownership for their life. Somebody else has been willing to be different. Something, else, Someone else has been willing to stand out. And now it's time for you to do the same. It's time for you to step up. It's time for you to realize that it's not an inability, but rather an unwillingness to step into that power, to step into that anointing, to step into that calling, to step into the authority that you've already been given so that you can ultimately realize your mission, your purpose, your calling. And at the end of the day, a sign that shows you that is if you're doing the work, it feels like you're marching uphill with dull skates on sliding backwards. It's probably a door closing that's rejecting you for a reason because rejection is protection. And so as you step in and you're in that moment, if you're in that time of your life, if you're realizing that, look around you and be grateful and say, where's my window? Where's my window that's open? Where's the hole? Where's the crack that I can step into so that you can ultimately own your growth, own who you were made to be, and ultimately own the fact that you know that you have a choice. We know success is different. So own your different and we'll see you guys next week.